Welcome to Ask the Appliance Experts, a new podcast from AJ Madison Pro that tackles the ins and outs of appliances, making an often confusing and really technical topic approachable and, dare we say, even fun. I'm Amy Chernoff, VP of Marketing here at AJ Madison. And I'm Jessica Petrino Ball, Editorial Director at AJ Madison. We are the brand's in-house experts, and we're on tap to interview installers, builders, renovation pros, and other leaders in the field on all things appliances. Jess, I'm completely obsessed with old houses right now, and old, I mean, like, not of this century. I just have such an appreciation for the craftsmanship and the way that the homes were built, and there's usually so many cool, unique features. I am all about the features. Details like crown molding, original hardware. Give me some pocket doors. Love a good pocket door. You recently purchased an older home, right? Oh, it's ancient. 1847 farmhouse that's had many, many additions to it. And the kitchen was actually an addition in the 1950s, and it has not been renovated. That kitchen, it really, really needs an update. I mean, the one thing that I always get stuck on, which is, you know, of particular interest to me, just being such an appliance geek, is you want to keep the integrity of the old house. But at the same time, you want to make sure you have modern conveniences in the kitchen. And I think sometimes that's very, very difficult, keeping the style and the integrity of the home, but yet modernizing it so it's useful for 2022 and beyond. I'm determined to get some tips so that I don't end up in a really like kitschy place. So let's get started. This is a big moment today. It is my fangirl dreams come true. We have with us today, Ethan and Elizabeth Finkelstein. Ethan and Elizabeth found their true calling when they started their Cheap Old Houses Instagram feed which now has more than 2 million followers. They started eight-episode HGTV series of the same name. The show follows the couple as they search for architecturally intact homes priced at less than $150,000. The couple is restoring a cheap but beautiful old farmhouse they snagged for $70,000. Welcome! We love AJ Madison, so thanks for having us on and... (laughs) You guys have been amazing to us. Thank you so much. We're so excited to talk about older homes and adding kitchens to those spaces, especially because today's kitchens bring a lot of modern amenities. Older homes, they have a story. How can we consider the history of a home and the story of a home and update a space to meet those modern needs and functionalities? That is such a loaded question and one of my favorite topics. I think the interaction of kitchens and old houses is something we think about so often because kitchens and bathrooms are the most renovated rooms in every single house. So if you get to walk in a house that has its original kitchen, it's really special. And I think when we share that kind of house on cheap old houses, people go especially wild for it. So it's definitely something I think about a lot. I see kitchens done well. I see kitchens done in a jarringly wrong way. I see kitchens that can marry the old and the new pretty well. I feel like the period of the home has a lot to do with it. It's not just the aesthetic of the kitchen, but it's also the location of the kitchen in some cases. And I think today it is very common to make the kitchen the center 
of the home and really the primary entertaining space. It's interesting. We really have come very full circle in our idea of the kitchen being the heart of the home. When you think about, at least where I live in the Northeast, houses that were built around a central fireplace that had, it was a huge chimney right in the center of the house. And there was a fireplace on all four sides going into all different rooms to heat the house. And people really had to gather in the kitchen in order to keep warm. And there was that giant fireplace that we cooked under and we kept warm under. It was so large, you could practically walk inside it. And then we went through periods of moving kitchens around houses. And now we're really back to having the kitchen as the main gathering space in the house. So it's really interesting to think about how we very much come full circle with that. Do you find that today's buyers often want to move or entirely redesign historic kitchens? Or, you know, like, what are the pros and cons of moving or expanding and renovating kitchens in a cheap old home? I think whatever you do, you have to consider your house. It's very hard to group all old houses into a single bucket. Houses all came from different eras, and the ethos around kitchens from particular times was different in different times. For instance, I just talked about very early American homes where Everyone would gather in the kitchen, the family, the guests, anybody who had to keep warm. You think about the Victorian era where there was mass industrialization going on and people were scared of germs and people were very scared of all of the sort of things from the outside world that could creep into their home. And they considered the kitchens to be something where that could potentially be dirty or too hot. And they really wanted to close them off from the rest of the house. Oftentimes in Victorian houses, the kitchen will be in the very back of the house, closed off from the spaces where they would entertain people. Then we get into the era of the 1920s, 30s, and 40s, where we're in the bungalow era, where the kitchen would be back in the center of the house. There might be a little breakfast nook where you would eat in the kitchen. There would be a pull-down ironing board so the mother could iron clothes while feeding her children food. And it was kind of back to being the center of family life. And now we're in a place where kitchens are really great showpieces. And I think people probably put more energy into thinking about the design of their kitchen than probably any other room in the entire house. I mean, when you think about HGTV and other home design shows, they always do the kitchen, right? People are interested in the kitchen, very, very interested in the kitchen. And 100 years ago, that 100% would not have been the case. That's super interesting. Are there particular eras where home appliances, for example, are more celebrated than others? You know, in today's day and age, we're seeing a lot of people covering up appliances with panels, for example. You know, are there certain period homes where appliances were more prominent and celebrated? Absolutely. It's all about new technologies, right? First of all, the idea of a fitted kitchen with modern appliances really came into being in probably around the 1930s is when you start to see fitted kitchens with cabinets that match going all the way across. Before that, Kitchens were sort of cobbled together pieces of furniture collections, and they evolved over time and you moved things around and they weren't really fixed to the house in the same sense. Victorian kitchens often had beautiful large built-ins, but it wouldn't have spanned the entire length of the kitchen necessarily, except in the butler's pantry, which is a whole other thing we need to talk about because those need to come back. But when we're talking about the idea of modern appliances, yes, if you lived in the 1940s and you had your modern refrigerator and all of the things that made your kitchen feel modern, they were meant to be shown off and never would we have covered them up. So when you're thinking today 
about doing a kitchen and you have an old house, you need to think about the era of the house before you say, I want panel-ready appliances everywhere. Panel-ready appliances would be very appropriate in houses that maybe wouldn't have had dishwashers. But if you lived in the era when dishwashers were first invented, you were showing off that dishwasher and there would be no covering it up. So a lot of this is understanding the language of the architecture you live in. Isn't it a melding though, you know, maybe the homeowner's needs and how they want to live along with the integrity of the home that they purchased. It seems to me like it has to be a balance between those two things. It is a crime to like tear out all of the old features and then build a new modern kitchen. It's a really has to be a melding, I would think, of the two things. Like how do you live and what do you need in your kitchen versus what is the structure of the kitchen. In a lot of cases, to your point, depending on the age of the home, it could be a blank slate. It could be not a lot of cabinetry and and just an open space that you have to create a kitchen of the, not, I'm not going to say the future, but of today. Yeah. And just to give you a little permission here, I think a lot of people feel that when they're in an old house, there's one set of rules they have to follow. And if they get it wrong, They've done something terribly wrong. And unfortunately, I do feel that's the kind of mentality that prevents a lot of people from feeling like they can take on an old house. So even in an old house, let's say you had a farmhouse from the late 1700s. We don't cook over a flame anymore, right? Like we've evolved from that. So authentically, that family living in that house probably would have bought a modern fridge when they came on the market and updated their kitchen. Then you have a kitchen that's mixed materials, right? It's it's older remnants from the past with technologies in it that came on the market and the family evolved with the times. You're not supposed to necessarily make your kitchen look like it came out of a catalog where there to be catalogs in 1770. But the beauty of kitchens is that like all good old houses, they evolve over time. I think what you want to avoid and we've all been there, right? We've walked in the house that feels very 1930s. And you get in the kitchen and you're like, oh, this is very 2013. And if you do a 2022 kitchen in 10 years, it's going to look like that. So I would say don't necessarily respond to the trends that are going on at the time right now. Respond to the language of your house. So take liberties in the layout to make your kitchen a gathering space. But look at the details that make up the rest of your house, the original details, the types of wood used, the textures used, the kinds of finishes in the hardware. Bring in salvage hardware if you have to from that period on stock cabinetry. Um, Think about the proportions and the materials and the details used in the rest of your house. And if you bring that into your kitchen, you can have fun with the layout and make it feel functional while still feeling a part of your house. And it won't give you that jarring break, that, that just in 10 years, we'll just read dated. (laughs) I actually think that that would, you know, I think we all know on the real estate market, you're looking at a house and you're like, oh, that's from 1990. And you're like, that needs to be flipped. That needs to be fixed. That needs to be, you know, and the real estate agent will tell you as such. And I think if you use design sensitivity when you're redoing a kitchen, towards the air of your house, you are basically creating a classic look that will actually, I believe, increase the value. If you do something that in 10 or 15 years needs to be flipped, 
just because it looks like 2022 and we'll all know what those trends are at this moment, you know, that we're hitting, you know, I think that brings the value actually down. And I think even from a design ethos in your home, if you're coming from a, an older, like in an older house and you're walking from room to room, living room to kitchen, you want to make that blend feel consistent. I think so many people want to, you know, break down the wall you know, and open it up. And I think that actually creates more design problems because if you have then a modern living room, then you have your modern kitchen, you know, then you're creating more modernity into something where if you took time and you kind of studied the way that these kitchens look, it's almost easier on your design budget because you're not having to redo everything. This is Amy Devers, host of Clever. My podcast brings you conversations you're not going to hear anywhere else with the visionaries and creative forces who shape our world and culture. It's a compelling mix of raw candor and honest shop talk that reveals the humanity behind the design of the world around us. Clever is a proud member of the Surround Podcast Network. Head over to surroundpodcast.com or follow Clever wherever you get your podcasts. Ethan and I were actually talking this morning a little bit about just in preparation for this about sort of our ideas of kitchens. And one of my favorite things in the kitchen in the house I grew up in, which was an 1850s Greek revival, cheap old house that my parents restored throughout my childhood. My favorite thing in that kitchen was the sofa. (laughs) We had a sofa there and we would sit and we'd gather in the kitchen and there was room in that kitchen for furniture. I love the idea of not putting so many built-ins all over your kitchen. Fixed islands certainly have their place in larger spaces, but I love the idea of maybe putting a table there instead that you can use as an island. And then when the space needs to adapt or you have people over, you can move it. You can bring chairs in, you can bring a sofa in. The space can kind of evolve. That's one of the things that I think is smart to do in an older home. You're not necessarily putting something in that's fixed that can't be changed unless you throw it out. You're bringing pieces in that can be changed and shifted around while having built-in appliances and a functioning kitchen around it. When it comes to sourcing furniture versus built-ins versus cabinets, what are some of the key differences there? And from from an aesthetic standpoint, you know, is there a functionality difference between them? Should appliances be covered up to look more like furniture. I feel like that is probably one of the larger trends in period homes today is we want, instead of everything looking super industrial, we're trying to cover things up and make them all blend in to make the kitchen into that new living room. To panel or not to panel? That is the question. <laughs> well, it really falls back on the kind of house you have. I think that that kind of kitchen would look out of place in a 1950s home where they were putting turquoise wall ovens in and they were showing off the fun of their appliances. If you want the kind of kitchen that feels very collected, which would be very appropriate in an early American home, homes before we had really you know, modern functioning appliances and, and before salesmen were coming around door to door, spraying on housewives and selling them, you know, the, the, the steel kitchen cabinets going straight across the kitchen. We had collections of furniture that were cobbled together. I think everyone's favorite, and I think there's still so much nostalgia around this today. Everyone's favorite kitchen piece is the Hoosier cabinet, which was really 
really right before we started having fully fitted kitchens, we had these items called Hoosiers and that they're called Hoosiers because they were developed in Indiana. They were sort of a one-stop shop station. They would be parked in your house. They had a countertop. They had a flour sifter. They had a scale. They, they had all the compartments for all the things that you would need in their kitchen. They were sort of like, like the preamble to then doing these kind of really functional cabinets really built all over the kitchen. So they were sort of the, the bridge, I guess, from the furniture kitchen into the, the idea of a fitted kitchen. Furniture pieces are really fun to think about in kitchens. I mean, you can retrofit almost anything to be a kitchen piece. You can you could have a standalone sink with legs standing on its own. You could drop a sink into maybe an old dry sink or another piece of furniture. You could go to a salvage shop or have a cabinet maker or something make, you know, mock built-ins or just standalone pantries or hutches or some sort of kitchen cabinet. And you can make that kind of kitchen really happen. I mean, these are, I think, very typical in country homes. You also would see them, early Victorian kitchens really had this kind of look too of really being kind of like separate pieces for sure. That's a really fun and different approach. And it's not what I see all over Instagram right now. I do see the same kitchen all over Instagram right now, and it's a beautiful kitchen. I just wonder how it'll look in 10 years. And everything is paneled. It's like, yeah, when we when we look back at history, it's cobbled pieces early, early that are tables and functional furniture. Then in the 50s, it becomes, we're showing off our technology, like showing off our big screen TVs we are now. And then now, you know, I think we're, the stove is the main, you know, the range is the main piece. You know, I think it, everything kind of just washes off into the back with, with paneled everything. Hopefully we're entering an era of a little bit more color and fun and, you know, usefulness. I think, I think the trend of going to furniture and making it the center room, I don't think is going to go away. So figuring out ways to kind of historically bring that in and, and just working with the house. We're seeing a lot of trends in the home appliance world gearing towards customization and giving people freedom to build your own stove in whatever color and handle design you want. Customization today is really inching more towards the functionality of the products too, like having a built-in grill or griddle or air fryer, sous vide. We're, we're seeing a lot more modalities to kind of eliminate some of that countertop clutter as well. To your point, I'm really kind of hoping that the 2022 stock becomes a little bit more interesting. I'm tired of the sameness, the same neutrals with neutral countertops. I like a little bit of color. Well, I think we're all really, really tired of the white and gray kitchen. And everyone was accepting of that for so many years. And now to your point, I think the customization is the pushback of seeing that for so many years. It's like, give me something new. And I think to your point of the 2022, it's like, I think the customization is going to be great. But in that specifically, and the 2022 stamp can be made on modern or places that are newer. But when you're talking about an older home and you're talking about the value of your home, considering the design ethos of your home and then how do you bring in elements and how do you bring out the layout that would at least nod to the history i think will always be a value add when you're selling the house even if it's not 
full on historically completely accurate and period. I think that makes a lot of sense. And to Jess's point about customization, there's more and more opportunities to customize your kitchen, not only to a a specific style or aesthetic, but to really make it yours. So it doesn't look like your neighbor's kitchen or your sister's kitchen. I'm kind of wondering, like, I feel like the whole panel explosion um, for dishwashers and refrigerators, it, to me, it, it kind of came out of people wanting to use their kitchens as an entertaining space, right? It's like the clearing of the countertops and the hiding of the appliances with the exception of the range, right, which may make its own statement, it really does make it a functional space for entertaining that aesthetically would be, you know, like your living room or dining room or wherever you prefer to entertain. But I also think the the advent of not only color and to handle style, the configuration or the functionality of the appliance itself can be customized Samsung Bespoke, they've launched a line of appliances that the finish on the appliance itself can be customized. There's a variety of colors that you can choose, but they also launched recently the ability to print on demand for the surface of your refrigerator, for example. So it could be a pattern or a color or a photo of your family vacation if you wanted that to be the case. And I I think that's probably an extreme look at personalization in the kitchen, putting a photo like permanently bonded to the surface of your refrigerator. But I think it does lend itself well. Um, There are a few other manufacturers that also can bond during the manufacturing process, a pattern or a specific color to the appliances. I think it's an interesting way to express your style. The functionality of the appliance remains the same, but you have that personal piece that you can add to your kitchen, which I think is is really interesting. Elizabeth, you mentioned a focus on cleanliness back in the Victorian era. It's come back full circle because in this post-COVID society, you know, we're we're really kind of focusing on which textures and finishes clean up well, appliances that are fingerprint resistant, and the modalities of the products themselves having sanitized cycles to keep our families safe. Yeah, we all talk about white kitchens as being so modern. The most modern kitchens in the Victorian era were purely white. You walk in some of them and they're head to toe, even the ceiling, subway tile, and you see this I'm a fan of the Gilded Age. On Me HBO. too. You, you, okay, awesome. <laughs> oh, big surprise. But I and I'm a fan of it for the sets. You see some of the the scenes in that are shot in houses that I believe are probably primarily um, Gilded Age mansions in Newport, Rhode Island. There's a, at least one kitchen in there that's just head to toe in white subway tile. And white subway tile has certainly, as we all know, made a huge trend comeback. But that came out of what's called the sanitary movement, which really came out of this period, was a fear of germs. And it's also why so many Victorian kitchens and bathrooms had exposed plumbing. You you walk into them and you see beautiful old kind of pipes everywhere because they thought that you could clean them easier. If you could see them, they were cleaner. You don't want to bury things away. They can get dirty. Um, And so this, this sanitary movement really came out so strongly in design from that period. And yeah, it's funny. I think we we're looking to the past in a lot of things in 
today in modern kitchens. I think one of the other things that is having a moment, which excites me, is hardware. I, I think hardware went overlooked for so long, but I see people putting beautiful brass matchbox latches on their cabinets and really customizing their cabinetry through really, really beautiful little details like that in the hardware. And hardware is such a part of old houses. It's so great. Absolutely. A large component of your work is, you know, preservation and craftsmanship and attention to those details. How does that focus inform the kind of appliances that you help clients specify? And how do you choose appliances? I think there's there's that perfect balance between quality and aesthetic when it comes to historical homes. Spend good money on something that's going to last because we all know at the end of the day, you're going to spend just as much if you have to replace it, and then you're spending double. Um, so I would say aim high. Uh, something like a range will be the centerpiece of your kitchen. Our feed-in show is called Cheap Old Houses, but we do think that you should put really expensive quality things in them. <laughs> because we're not we're not advocating to fill up our landfills anymore. I mean, a big part of what we do is also the idea of sustainability and working with what you have. So I think quality is always first and foremost for me. I think if you can get appliances that that have a look that responds to the style of your house. We all know and love Spag, but there are kitchens, you know, that have different kinds of retro, a kitchen in a Victorian house, a kitchen in an 1830s house, a mid-century modern house. These would all require kind of different kinds of historically inspired appliances. If you can't get that, there aren't that many makers that make retro looking appliances. So if you have to go with something modern, there are other ways in your kitchen that you can speak to the architecture of the rest of your house. And like I said before, I think it's okay if your kitchen looks a little bit like an evolution of the house. I think that that's very natural. People often think that when they design their house, you know, they buy a house from 1896 and then they have to put like 1896 furniture in it and all the colors have to match and the furniture has to match. And I think like even the person who moved into that house in 1896 would have brought with them family heirlooms from 1850 and 1820. And the original furniture in that house also would have been a hodgepodge and a mixture because people back in the day couldn't get things as easily as we can. Things were passed down and when they were broken, they got repaired. So their possessions were mixed eras. I think it's okay to think about a historical house as a little bit of an evolution. I guess what I would advise against is doing your entire kitchen as today. But if you have to put in some modern appliances for the quality and the fact that they just function, and maybe you're a person who spends all of your time in a kitchen and you really want to have a really, really wonderful range, then that's fantastic. And there are other ways you can work with the rest of the details in the kitchen to respond more to the rest of your house. Well, I want to thank both of you for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure talking about old houses and really looking forward to following along. We're so grateful to have to have partnered with you so much over the years and continue to help make these historical homes shine with their appliances. And we're just ever grateful to, to have you in our pocket. <laughs> so very much well, appreciate being you. here as well. And now for our Ask the Appliance Expert takeaways. One, old homes are meant to evolve over time, just like the people residing in them. Two, every old home has a unique story and that should be honored. When remodeling, make sure to do some research and incorporate period details to reduce dissonance. Something as simple as adding hardware or adding an antique furniture piece to the space can tie in old and new for a more cohesive design. Three, 
Historical trends, like central gathering spaces in early American homes, or customization with color appliances in the 50s, come full circle and may have relevance today. And four, not all historical eras are the same. Although panel-ready appliances are a hot trend right now, doesn't mean that covering appliances make sense for every period home. And five, for the most up-to-date trends and information, please follow us on social at AJ Madison. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure you follow the show so you never miss an episode. AJ Madison is part of the Surround Podcast Network. Check out our show notes and discover other architecture and design shows at surroundpodcasts.com. That's podcasts with an S. Catch us next time for a conversation with one of my favorite people, appliance expert, recipe developer, chef, and Martha Stewart's chopped grand champion, Saba Wahid Duffy.